Godspeed, John Glenn. Three, two, one, zero. Zero. Have a great day. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Here we got a roll program. Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. Capsule is turning around. Hey everyone, my name is Oscar, and I want to welcome you all to the Space Pod, a podcast where we talk all about space, with of course room for more. And today we have a very special episode because we are talking about the unveiled photos of the James Webb Telescope. So, without further ado, let's begin. This is SpaceBot looking at stars from 13.5 billion years ago. Located on the orbiting point called L2, which is approximately 1.5 million kilometers from Earth's orbit, lies one of the most powerful telescopes ever launched into space, the James Webb Telescope. This telescope is a project made up of three space agencies, NASA, the European, and the Canadian space agencies. Designed to conduct infrared astronomy, it's the only one instrument capable of looking and unveiling the secrets of the origin of the universe. We're talking about looking into 13.5 billion years into the past, and this is even before the Earth was created. Aside from taking a look into our past, it also brings us the ability to look into the future of exploration as it's able to give a more detailed look at the exoplanets that lie beyond our solar system. James Webb Telescope was launched on December 25, 2021 aboard the Ariane 5 rocket, launched by the European Space Agency from the French Guiana, and it took nearly a month to complete its journey. Today, six months later, at the moment of this recording, we will witness its first images, after multiple delays and near cancellations. First, let's discuss how the Space Telescope works first. So, first of all, we could divide the spacecraft into three segments. Optics, sun shield protection, and scientific instruments. In the optical department, the James Webb Telescope is made up of 18 hexagonal mirror segments made of gold-plated beryllium. Combine it, they create a 6.5-meter diameter mirror, which is nearly three times larger than what's in the Hubble Space Telescope. It also has 132 small motors that allow the adjustment of the mirrors in case it is required. Essentially, this is what gives Webb the ability to detect near-infrared light. If you haven't fallen asleep in your physics class, you might remember that light is a giant spectrum. And how we see light is through just a small part, which is the visible spectrum. And that can be classified with colors, which are violet, blue, cyan, green, yellow, orange, and red. Beyond red is what we call infrared, which is a part of light that we aren't able to see it because it's so small to detect. But because Webb can do it for us, it's the reason why this telescope is the one that will unlock the secrets of our history in the galaxy. Sun shield protection is an important aspect for Webb. After all, this is a telescope in space, in an environment that is quite dangerous and suffers from a lot of drastic temperature changes. In order to survive, it uses a five-layered deployable sun shield, each layer being as thick as a human hair, consisting of a commercial Polaroid film coated with aluminum and doped silicon. The dimensions of this shield are 14.162 meters by 21. 197 meters. Finally, in the science instrument department, we can find what is called an integrated science instrument module or ICIM. 
In this module, we have four different tools used on board. First, the near-infrared camera, which is what gives the capability to cover the part of the light that is not visible to us. Next, we have the near-infrared spectrograph, which also helps us analyze and observe the first-ever stars and galaxies. The mid-infrared instrument is another tool which, more specifically, is used for the observation of exoplanets. And finally, a fine guidance sensor and near-infrared imager and stiltis spectrograph, a quite long fancy name for a stabilizer with the ability to be also a science tool, uh, for helping also the setting of near-infrared phenomena. To be able to maintain all three parts together, the James Webb Telescope has a primary component called the spacecraft bus which is where all electric power, computation, communication, propulsion, and everything else needed to maintain working the telescope is hosted. Now, it might be natural that you are wondering what happens if something goes wrong, and the answer to that is, there's nothing to do, because it's technically impossible, at least for now. But NASA did make some efforts for the JWST to have some sense of access to service if ever needed, such as refueling of tanks, swap heat protectors, etc. But the reason that this service mission would be impossible at the moment of this recording is because there is virtually no spacecraft to be able to take them to where the space telescope is uh, right now operating. But because you know technology continues advancing, we might have in the future a service mission uh, somewhere probably crewed or uncrewed, uh, depending on how NASA verifies this as a viable option. And Discovery Houston, Roger. we've got a good picture of Steve. So enough of talking about the telescope itself and the engineering behind it, let's talk about the images right now. So right now at the moment of this recording, July 12, 2022, uh, we just had the release of five important images because they're the first five images from the James Webb Telescope. And of course, this first preview, so our first images more to say, uh, they were taken from the telescope and they revealed the deepest corners of our known field of the universe. They reveal a little bit about how it was it from our own early days. And from the set of images that we got, we got uh, the deepest corners of our known universe, at least what we can see right now. We got also the composition of exoplanets. We got also stellar deaths, stellar births, and of course, uh, a galaxy or you know more detailed look at some galaxies that we have right now and of course this is a historic moment because we've never done this before we, we just we just seeing this for the first time so let's take a look the first one which is the one of the deepest corner of our own galaxy uh, this is from this image was 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 revealed yesterday actually just today, July 11th, as U.S. President Joe Biden unveiled the first photo of the deepest corner for our galaxy, which is 47 billion light years away from us. And this is just the equivalent of yourself standing on a beach and grabbing just one tiny grain of sand and look at it. And the best thing about this is that when we zoom in into this photo, we can see it's an astonishing resolution. It's worth mentioning that these stars are nearly 13.1 billion years old and scientists have been also able to analyze what these galaxies and stars are made up of just from looking at this image. 
Now, not everything that we have here are images. Some of them are spectrographs or graphs that, you know, allow scientists to understand what the composition of stars and planets look like. And that's exactly what the second one is, which is the exoplanet, which is known as WASP-96, a gas-like exoplanet that is 1,150 light years away from us, orbiting a sun-like star. And what Webb detected was it has water vapor signatures. So researchers with the ability to have this information obtained from the telescope itself, um, the spectrum, uh, the measurements of the amount of water vapor in the atmosphere, have found that there could be also constraints of abundance of other important elements for you know, life itself to be formed, which are carbon and oxygen. And they can also be able to estimate the temperature of the atmosphere within depth. And aside from all of this, they can also predict by using uh, models and data science. Uh, they can see into account like what are the known properties of this exoplanet, like for example, its mass, its size, its temperature, and what about the atmosphere? How, how is it? Is it like Earth? Is it like Mars? Uh, of course, in probably like right now that Mars has a much thinner atmosphere, but it has an atmosphere. So nevertheless, it also allows uh, astronomers and scientists to understand like what other planets could be formed like. And not just the planet itself, because remember, we just said that WASP-96 was also part of a... Uh, it's just a planet orbiting around a sun, and that sun, we are also able to analyze it thanks to Webb because it also has that ability to, to take a look a little bit into what the star is made up of. So... Continuing now again with more photos, <laughs> we have what is one that is the death of stars and this is one of the most impactful moments because for Webb to be able to capture a nebula called NG132, also known as the Saturn Ring Nebula, it is located approximately 2,500 light years away from us and this image is not just only a giant cloud of gas that you might found somewhere else around here on Earth, but it's also capturing in more detail more stars and galaxies around it. So in the meantime, as we don't know how nebulous appearances might be affected by this kind of stars, well with Webb we have right now is that as long as there are more shinier, brighter uh, stars, that influences kind of like the nebulous appearances. So what we see here is that the more there are brighter stars and the more they are paired up, uh, each other, bright, bright with brightest with brightest, of course, they're going to be able to steer or guide the, the cloud of gas and dust uh, causing asymmetrical patterns. And each shell that, of course, this cloud of gas we're looking at represents an episode where the fainter star loses some of its mass and the wettest shells of the gas towards the outer areas of the images that you can be able to see. They That means that this was... Uh, this their masses were ejected much more earlier. Uh, of course, those closest stars are the most recent, and tracing these ejections allows researchers to look into how the history plays part of the system and how we are actually looking at, you know, like small pieces of, of our own history without even noticing it just right now because we've been able to analyze it for the first time. The, first, the fourth photo, actually, sorry, 
is uh, the Stephens Quintet. It's actually the birthplace of five new galaxies right now. And a single image is actually an enormous mosaic as each pixel is actually a separate image file and it took 1,000 image files to make the picture up, which we are looking at it right now. So together, the five galaxies of Stephen Quintet are also known as the Higgs and Compact Group 92, or HCG92. And although they are called a quintet, only four of the galaxies are truly close together uh, as they're caught in a cosmic dance, as they might call it. So right now we have five different galaxies, NGC 7320, 7, sorry, is the most, the, the, it's like the one on the background, like you can see it on, on the page. Um, that one is actually not that close, so you can see why it's, it's even though we say that it's a quintet, uh, only four of them are actually together. Uh, that one is 40 million light years away from Earth. But what's interesting is that even though that it's 40 million light years away from us, it still has some close proximity to other to the other four galaxies, which are appropriately named uh, NGC 7317, NGC 7 7318A, uh, B, and of course we have 7319. And all of this are about uh, 290 million light years away. But you see that there is also like kind of like proximity, at least in the cosmic terms, of course. They're more compacted, but they're still uh, distant galaxies billions of light years away. So what's relevant about this image is that this more studying of much more relativity nearby galaxies like this helps us, uh, helps, helps us and helps scientists better understand uh, much more about our distant universes and how this collapsing group and this birth group actually, which are the five galaxies, can be is there like something we are really trying to understand much more and of course with web we're going to have that help so speaking about proximities uh, this proximity provides astronomers a ringside seat for witnessing the merging and interactions between galaxies that are so crucial to all the galaxies evolution rarely do scientists actually find and see in much detail how interacting galaxies trigger some star formations in each other and how gas in this galaxy is also being disturbed by these interactions. So Stefan Quintet is a really an impressive photo to look at and study and also like kind of like a lab if you want to imagine like that to further study and fundamental process for all of these galaxies. So lastly we have the Carina Nebula which is also called the Cosmic Cliffs. It's this edge of the giant gaseous cavity within a region which we call NGC uh, 3324. And of course, as you can see in the images, it has like this kind of like peaks around it. So the tallest peak in these images are about seven light years high and the Cavernous areas has been carved from the nebula by the intense ultraviolet radiation and stellar winds from extremely massive hot young stars located in the center of the bubble uh, above the area that you can see in the image. So these observations of NGC 3324 would shed a light on the process of star formation. Star birth propagates over time and what we know is that it's triggered by the expansion of this eroding cavity 
and as the bright ionized rim moves into the nebula, it slowly pushes into the gas and dust. And if the rim encounters any unstable material, the increased pressure will trigger the material to collapse and form new stars. So, of course, we've been asking ourselves if this is what creates new stars. Does this also prevent stars from forming? And as the formation of star-making material is eroded away, um, there's a lot of questions about why the stars form with certain masses or what determines the number of stars that form in a certain region. And of course, this is what Webb will also be able to shed a light on us, of course, on, on, on this aspect of the topic. Discover Houston, recommend a vector transfer to the BFS. It is truly a historic day for the exploration, discovery, and the science of our own night skies. What things the James Webb Telescope will look up in the future is unknown, but it remains certain to us that the more we look up and wonder what's out there, the more our desire for exploration will grow within us. In the better words of Apollo 15's commander Dave Scott, man must explore. And this is exploration at its finest. But in the meantime, my name's Oscar. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. And remember, you can send me all your questions and comments on the box down below on Spotify or send a voice message on Anchor or by all social media platforms. And I will talk to you in the future. Peace. Wheel stop. Roger, wheel stop, Discovery. Welcome back. A great ending to the new beginning.